Craigie is Scotland's Active Nation Commissioner. A former professional mountain biker, she told us how she's put her love of cycling to great use during the pandemic. Lee Craigie, you're Scotland's Active Nation Commissioner. So where are we going to be finding you during lockdown, but on a bike? And tell us a little about what you've been doing, Lee. Uh, yeah, so um, I guess I didn't immediately start riding my bike in lockdown. You know, like everybody else, my diary was cleared of of fun social events and um, and all my work engagements. And it took just a little bit of time to figure out well, how can I best put um, my love of cycling to use for um, the community um, that I have, I've been forced to consider as much smaller than I normally would. You know, I'm living within a 20 minute radius of my front door right now. I thinking there must be a way that I can help um, my community. Like we were all scrabbling about to help. Um, and it didn't take very long to realize that um, people needed, people were self-isolating and um, some people couldn't afford food. Um, and I own a cargo bike and it just made all the sense in the world to uh, to use that cargo bike to distribute um, food to people that were self-isolating uh, via the equal larder. And also to help people that are the most disadvantaged as a result of this crisis, people um, that don't have homes um, or can't afford food. So picking up charitable donations from supermarkets and taking them to homeless hostels and to food banks. Even, the, then, even though yeah. you're the Active Nation Commissioner, I, there is a question. Why do you have a cargo bike? <laughs> <laughs> Everybody should have a cargo bike. <laughs> well, to be honest, I, I'd never had a cargo bike until very recently when I visited Copenhagen. Um, and I was recording a radio programme there and immediately I was struck by just how quiet and calm and civilised that city feels. It took me a little while to be like, what is different about the city? And then I realised, oh, there's no traffic noise. There's not vehicles, there's the fuel, it smells different. There's not the same fuel emissions that um, you would experience in, in Glasgow or in Edinburgh. Um, because everybody travels everywhere by bike. And these aren't fancy bikes, you know, these are big steel frame bikes with a big wooden box on the front and children are being taken to school and goods are being distributed around um, the streets, all using um, all using human power. And yeah, e-assist, a lot of them have got electric assist, but not all of them. Um, and it just, that just struck me. And so actually uh, I went home and devised a ridiculous challenge with a group of friends to ride co cargo bikes between Edinburgh and Copenhagen um, over the winter just to see what would be possible. Um, and so four of us rode uh, between Edinburgh and Copenhagen between Christmas and New Year last year. We swapped every hour. So we were pushing, essentially using our car our, bike, our, our partner as cargo. And it's incredible what is possible. Um, <laughs> well, especially <laughs> with electric assist. I, I have to um, admit here that I have used a cargo bike before because I used to borrow the Sustrans uh, cargo bike to deliver oh, our yeah. newspapers. And oh, I, right. I famously uh, used to say to people, I can put a thousand newspapers into the front of the bike and still get up the mound, which was quite a feat. But if I got <laughs> stopped, however, at the lights, it became impossible to start again because I just couldn't get the uh, the traction going.
amazing. But, uh, uh, so, they are amazing things, aren't they? Not everybody knows even what a cargo bike is. Yes, and, I suppose But when you true. can say that, you know, I can ride up the mound with a thousand papers, that yeah. really helps people understand what one is possible, or is capable of achieving. Yeah, exactly. And of course, um, you know, if once we get out of this situation which we find ourselves in, um, or even oh, you know on the way out of it, it's probably the best opportunity we've got, is it not, to um, convert people to biking? I know there has been a lot of conversion already, but particularly for people to to take up using cargo bikes for their deliveries, especially in the city centre. Yeah, I think now is the time. This work has been sort of bubbling away under the surface for a few years now and Sustrans have been leading that drive, but there's been all sorts of um, evaluation and assessment being done at Napier University and across the world trying to pull this model into Edinburgh and all the ducks are lined up now and the only bit that was left was the will. Um, and, and I think a lot of that does come down to not actually even understand you know there's a massive culture change it comes down to people understanding what a cargo bike can do and what its benefits are um, and how um, it's absolutely possible to put the logistics in place that mean that it can massively reduce the diesel emissions that we all suffer from um, from um, delivery delivery vehicles in, in our city centres, which are massively on the increase, obviously, because of the different way that we're now shopping. Exactly. Of so, course, if yeah. you're changing the infrastructure, that's, um, I mean, we have, we've had lots of talk about um, the way that our pavements have to be expanded to allow for uh, social or perhaps we should call it physical distancing and um, also to allow perhaps for cycle lanes and to minimise uh, road space for cars because that's just how we're going to have to live our lives from now on but um is there anything else in the infrastructure that could that you might think would be a good thing to do right now i mean i'm thinking of um more advanced stop uh places for for bikes in front of cars and i'm thinking of these lovely traffic lights which come up with a bicycle first um, mm. so that the bike gets away first, things like that. Is there yeah. anything in particular? I, well, I, th I really enjoy that as well, Phyllis, like moving around the city and almost feeling welcome. You know, sometimes it can feel a bit awkward if you, like, and you feel as though drivers are scowling at you because you're pushing to the head of a traffic queue. But I think what needs to be understood by everybody, by cyclists, by drivers, by everybody, you know, it makes sense for everybody for us to be there in order to, to be able to get away um, a little bit faster and allow that traffic to, to flow. Um, but there's there's plenty of, of things that I think with this cultural change, Edinburgh City Council, I know, will, will understand more and more what is required. Because if we're asking more people to ride places, um, then we're going to need more bike parking. Um, we're going to need, and 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 let let's not focus solely on on cyclists. Although obviously that is my passion. The the way to get most people to travel actively is going to be through walking. And so I think our towns and cities need to consider what what pedestrians need to feel safe and welcome, and like they're not second to to the motorised um, transport solutions that we currently have. Continued walkways across side streets, all of these things, I think, will massively help people understand, oh, I'm the priority in my city, not that person driving a car. The other thing which um, Leslie McInnes, who's the transport convener, mentioned uh, just the other day, she used the word wheeling. Mm. And, and I 
perhaps know a little about this because I've seen electric scooters in other um, in other cities. But of course, we're also talking about people in wheelchairs mm. when we're using that, are we? Yeah, we are. And I think that's massively important to always um, link into these conversations, walking, cycling and wheeling. And because I think if we can adapt our our streets and our access for people in a, in a wheelchair or people that need to wheel, um, then that also automatically gets us thinking about all the other more minority groups that might have varying mobility um, issues. And so if you adapt, if you adapt these temporary cycle lanes to accommodate people in wheelchairs, then you're also considering people on tandem bikes with the, the, um, the, that I know a lot of people with uh, visual impairments uh, use to get about, you know, you're talking about cargo bikes, you need, you need a similar, you need a, a, a three metre span for a cargo bike in the same way as you would for, for something yeah. on, a, on a wheelchair or a mobility scooter. Yeah, and certainly to get around the corner. I always remember going around the corner on the cargo bike was uh, was a little bit tricky. But I, I have the feeling, Lee, that you're a far more accomplished cyclist than me because you were a professional mountain bike rider. So uh, <laughs> do, do you use your mountain bike too? Or are you now a complete cargo bike convert? Oh, no. Yeah, I finished a, a long shift yesterday and came back, swapped bikes and went straight out into the Pentlands on my mountain bike. Um, I think, uh, uh, yeah, I, I still love that freedom of movement that that you get in the in the hills. Um, That's great, and I mean your whole your whole job, of course, is to to be um, the spokesperson in Scotland and to keep pushing the cycling message. And um, you were appointed a couple of years ago now, weren't you? T- Two thousand and eighteen. Um, do you think that message is getting easier to put across? I think it's becoming more complicated because I definitely wouldn't ever want to, although I am a cyclist and I come from a cycling background, more than anything else, I'm an outdoor enthusiast. I'm an outdoor instructor and um, and psychotherapist first and foremost, and I understand the benefits of anybody being outdoors and active by whatever means. So we're talking running, walking, wheeling, cycling, anything at all. And, and I think... And I think as we make this shift away from moving around by private transport, by private car, we run the risk of getting into this really difficult them and us kind of kind of situation mm. where cyclists are now being batted off against pedestrians and pedestrians off against people with mobility issues and people with mobility issues off against people with car drivers. We're all just people trying to use the same spaces and there are ways that we can do that if we are just respectful of each other and we talk to each other and we communicate instead of doing this whole them and us thing. So yes, I think cycling is on the up massively, which is fantastic. Um, But I definitely wouldn't want to promote cycling over and above the needs of a pedestrian. And so I think it's really important that we that we grow cycling in a way that is respectful of of people wanting to undertake active means of travel elsewhere. Yeah, it's it's, uh, often the case that any discussion like that, especially on Twitter, it just descends into Mm. the them and us uh, lobbies, uh, which is not really helpful to anybody. So if we take ourselves away from Edinburgh, is there anywhere else in Scotland which is actually already doing this? Because I think... Part of the frustration, perhaps, about Edinburgh at the moment is that they have closed certain roads to cars and vehicles. 
but we haven't actually got on the ground, we haven't got cones or planters or anything visible as yet. I know there's lots of plans, but we haven't got anything actually in place yet. So has anybody else already done it? In Scotland, I'm not sure actually if people have actually put down cones and planters. I know that Edinburgh, uh, sorry, Glasgow and Inverness were very keen to to put in some initial measures in the same way as Edinburgh was, just to say, look, we're doing this, bear with us. Um, And uh, I, and I know that those things are coming and that we just need to be a little bit patient. But I know that Edinburgh, Glasgow, um, Inverness and Aberdeen are going to be are going to be leading the charge on this. Um, so I would just say to all other local authorities, let's go. Come on. <laughs> Get on your bike, I suppose, is the <laughs> Get- obvious thing to say. We must stop saying obvious things at this point. But Lee, thank you very much indeed. And perhaps one day soon uh, we'll get out to uh, see you on your cargo bike on Morrison Street and elsewhere and uh, perhaps follow you around for a wee bit and get some filming. Well, c- come to Morningside because the hope is that we're going to create a, a demonstration site of how how potentially we could re-inject scope into our, into our high streets using cargo bikes in, in Morningside on Morningside Road. Um, I think that that could be that could be of of real interest. Um, that would be the model. Great, the model. we'll sh- be very happy to come along. Great. Thank right. you very much indeed. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Edinburgh Report. Listen out for more episodes coming soon. This could be the point in our podcast when your business is advertised to our listeners. Would you like to know more? Get in touch. Email editor at theedinburghreporter.co.uk And remember, you can subscribe to have our monthly newspaper delivered to you direct. Sign up today on our website, all the w's dot theedinburghreporter.co.uk.